Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hi, Hello. this is Tis the Podcast. Hi. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. <laughs> if you can't tell, it's a new year post-Christmas. New year, new leap year, new election year. None of us are feeling the excitement and hope we should be this time of year. Yeah, like of all the years for it to be an election year, it has to be the one with a whole extra day. Right. Well, I was talking to Tom offline before you hopped on, Julia. Like, I'm just not. I mean, it's going to be a stressful just... year with an election year. I talked to our good my our good friend Matt Spaulding was texting me today, and he was like, "Dude, I'm tired already. I I'm not like I'm just I'm not going to be able to rest until after November, whatever date election day is this year." And I was like, "Yeah, me too. Kind of all on the line this year." Oh, so in fairness, though, I feel like Santa Matt is just really tired this time of year for a very good reason. He was Why? Santa. Well, yeah, he's like, but he's not like... worked through Christmas. But doesn't don't the cookies and the the flying and everything make it worth it? Worth it, yes. Yeah, still exhausted though. His army of yes men slaves make it worth it because they do all the work, <laughs> right, man? <laughs> <laughs> do y'all do anything for New Year's Eve day? We watched the ball drop in New York City and counted that as our actual midnight for Jude's purposes. We were like, oh my gosh. It's midnight. Now we go to bed. He doesn't even know it was only 11. Well, he got uh-huh. the real New Year's experience. So good He for did. Him. Remember when they used to just drop that dang ball in every time zone? Because it's literally all we cared about. Yeah. Do they still do that? And they just don't air it? I don't know. Did you because... see what Discovery Lab Kids Museum yeah. did? Yeah. 21,000 balloons. I wish I had taken Ellie for that. I didn't. Crazy town. My friend was there. Yeah, in the Midwest, Anthony, we get to enjoy the the boot dropping in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Which was better than the Florida Lee dropping in New Orleans, which was always just really depressing. But in a funny turn of events, there was this real trashy girl on the stage in Nashville. And like I know I know zero country singers anymore. Like I barely knew them. When Garth Brooks and uh, like Travis Tritt and all those people were country fans, were country singers, are were whatever. Um, but like I really don't know any of them now. And there was this girl with like a substantial like neck tattoo, and then like a crop top with like this whole pelvis tattoo, and like just like a lot. It was a lot. And classy is not the word I would use to describe her in this moment. Her outfit choice was interesting. Anyway, it was Rob Schneider's daughter legitimately figures that she's trashy then well okay so isn't it uh 
What Adam Sandler movie is it where he has trashy daughters? Doesn't he have trashy daughters in an Adam Sandler movie? Is it the one where they all go to the cabin? Or is that You're James? asking the wrong guy here. Tom would be your your guy for this one. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Anyway, it's like life imitates art. Apparently, she's a country western singer. I did watch uh, because Puerto Rico's an hour ahead of New York. I watched their. I think it's cool how they have a star rise instead of a ball drop. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's nice. I did try to stay up for the West Coast feed. But I did not. What do they do on the West Coast? No clue. But I did was I did like how waiting for midnight on the East Coast, they kept cutting back and forth between the two. I was like, that's nice. And then I loved how uh, conservatives got upset with Green Day, changing their lyrics. Dude, have they no 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 you? There's not a single Green Day fan who got angry. You cannot be a Green Day fan and not know their politics. I'm sorry. You I can't be a punk rock fan well, yeah. and not be a and not like oh keep keep politics. Are you have you ever heard pop, any pop rock band before? Like punk rock band. Well, but like you said, specifically punk. Yeah, specifically, well, punk. specifically punk, but specifically Green Day. The entire American Idiot album was against the the Bush administration and the war in Iraq. So what song were they upset about? The American, American idiot. idiot. They changed redneck agenda to MAGA agenda. Yeah, don't want to be part of your redneck agenda to MAGA agenda. And now they're all angry. It's like... Like, did you hear the original version of the song? <laughs> they were insulting you too. And I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure Green Day is big enough that they don't care. And all these people acting like they're... What I loved was all these people going off and acting like Green Day is a washed up has-been band. When yeah. the performer <laughs> at Mar-a-Lago that night was Vanilla Ice with one Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle on stage. <laughs> with one me, yes! What? Are you serious? <laughs> yes. They had Michelangelo. Oh. The other three, they didn't have. Oh, he's my favorite. He was dancing on stage, Julia, as Vanilla Ice on stage. To Ice Ice Baby oh, in 2024. And I'm sorry, Trump was literally looking down his nose at everybody during the performance. It was epic. I did love, though... Republicans tweeting out Vanilla Ice greater than Green Day, and people on Twitter just trolling like, pretty sure even Vanilla Ice wouldn't say that nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure he wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Billy Joe Armstrong ever had to do a, uh, a rehab TV show like where he'd go rehab homes. He rehabbed in silence, like most people. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, I don't have anything against Vanilla Ice. I'm not gonna say anything. When he was fun in the day, Ellie loves singing Ice Ice Baby. But... Wait, so. Did you guys watch any of the East Coast feed? Because you watched the ball drop, Julia, right? Um, I mean, I saw enough to be really sad that I love LL Cool J. Me, me and Sarah were like, why, cool why LL Cool J? Like, what happened? <laughs> like, just why did they bring him? He's not, he's not relevant. Well, it was him and it was... He has that show. Isn't he on that CSI show? He is. Or NCIS. One of those. Because, he's yeah, relevant. Yeah. I almost thought he was like too big. For that kind of a gig anymore and that's what made me a little sad because i really like ll cool j i think he's they great. usually get bigger than him that's why i was sad don't well, you mean you love him bigger than him is like fergie uh... don't you mean and they you had mariah carey last year huh don't you mean you love him i love because, Lady, cool j. because ladies love cool james <laughs> they also had a uh that country singer <laughs> Oh, who that was fanboying out the entire dad time? Really likes. Who? What's his name? Mm. He's got a funny name. 
Got a funny name. He's all tatted up all over. Yeah, he was in place. prison and then he got out jelly of prison. Roll? Jelly, jelly roll. roll. That's a jelly roll and like jelly roll's wife and jelly roll's mother and jelly roll's daughter i thought he had his sister there too maybe it was his sister that was who was on stage is jelly roll and his family and ll cool j and i'm like jelly roll was so odd fanboying out rightfully so so i would too i went in ll cool j we were that Mocking, mocking him the whole time like no one no one brought those LL Cool J cutout faces they had to hand those out to the crowd if I had one it'd be hanging in my house right now though if I had gotten huh. one of those I know what I'm getting down for Christmas next actually I haven't sent your gifts yet I know I can put your boxes <laughs> did you ever get your card no I Are checked again today I'll go check my Let post office it. and see if it got returned I got you a bunch of $100 bills, like they're folded over $100 bills, and when you open them, they just say Trump lost. Oh my, oh my god. god. <laughs> I got you a bunch I, of them, Anthony. So I can hand them out to me. You just hide them in places. <laughs> <laughs> I saw those, uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get these for Anthony, like, right now. I cannot wait. Um, my favorite thing about watching the ball drop in New York City is when they pan out, and they show like all of new york city in the background and you can just see the little like spots of fireworks that are going off like all over the city and i always think that's so magical so well even where i live like even where i live outside the city like i live on the river on fourth of july and new year's you can see like just all the different towns across the river all the different fireworks i love that so do you know what the confetti is made of when they drop it all on new year's at the ball no LSD. Well, no, it's paper, obviously, but in the Times Square Visitor Center, you can go in and there's a wish board, like what you wish for the new year, and you write it. So on Aww. New Year's Eve, when the ball drops, it's all the wishes people, tourists and New Yorkers wrote on this board over the year, and they drop. Oh, that's cool. So it's the hopes and dreams of everybody that come crashing down to the ground. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Epic. Gosh. I did. Marty read a thing where that's all tossed out by hand. Hundred people toss it out by hand. How cool is that? Yeah. Well, let me tell you something though. No New Yorkers in time. No real New Yorkers in near that city on New Year's Eve. <laughs> me, it was the first time Sarah ever visited me when we were dating. She came down around the holidays. We didn't go to Times Square, but we went to like a club bar place in the city. And then to get back to our hotel, we had to cross. And they kept diverting. Everything was closed. The cops kept, no, you go got to go up like 10 blocks. It's closed. Like, can't cross here. Can't cross. Uh, it's a pain in the ass. Yikes. I watched the Twilight Zone Marathon New Year's Day, though. That's always a tradition. I love the Twilight Zone yeah. Marathon. Yeah. I love on. that show. We love that show. They have to have Christmas episodes, right? Or a Christmas episode? Well, sure. I would think. How was the Peel reboot? Never watched it. Oh, wonder if it's any good. He has a new movie coming out this year, though. He does. Peel on rebooted Christ- on Christmas. Twilight Zone. Oh, is it a Christmas movie? No, probably not. Oh, okay. I mean, Nosferatu is also opening on Christmas, which I still think is bizarre. bizarre. Speaking of bizarre, <laughs> is that a word you would movie. use? Yes. Is it bizarre? How bizarre? How bizarre? I. I We'll explain my thinking when we give our overviews of this film. But yes, it's a word I would use. We're covering Genie. 
Tom sounds Tom sounds so enthusiastic because he didn't realize he was hosting tonight. Uh no, twenty twenty four has not been great to me so far. Not loved it. But the best thing that's happened all year, Anthony told me he was going to edit this episode. And for that, I thank you. Winning. Anytime. Tonight, we are covering the Peacock original 2023 Christmas, question mark, film Genie, starring Melissa McCarthy. What sound do Peacocks make? This isn't oh, like a joke. They, I'm just, they I'm, scream. I'm, they scream. Yeah, like a like, scream. That's what I thought. And I was going to, when he oh, said peacock, I was going to be trying to make the sound. But I was like, nah, that won't register on the mic. <laughs> You're welcome to try. No, 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 no. I'm good. Did y'all watch this before this week or was this your first watching of it? I watched it before. I watched it in November when it aired because it came on Vudu actually before it premiered on Peacock. So I was like, oh, I'm excited. This is going to be a buy sight unseen. It's Melissa McCarthy. What could be bad about it? And it wasn't bad. I'll say, I'll just say right now, it wasn't bad, but it was boring. And that's bizarre to me for a Melissa McCarthy film because usually I really like her and usually she's very funny. Um, so yeah, that's why I find this movie bizarre. It's not that it was bad. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just Boring. Now, have you seen the 91 British made for TV movie Bernard and the Genie that this is based on? I have not. Okay, me neither. Or I guess it's a remake, right? This is this is a remake. Yeah, it's a remake. An American remake on. by the director who did Love Actually. So I have high hopes. Julie, did you watch it before tonight? Uh no. First watching today. Okay. Huh. Tom. Uh I watched it before. I think I pinged y'all that I was going to watch it for family movie night with my family. And um, when did Ellie pay? She didn't even pay attention, man. I don't blame her. I don't think I would have liked this as a child. I mean, I barely liked it as an adult. But I mean, as a child, I would have been really bored, I think. Let's hold that thought because I really want to get into why you feel that way. I'm going to go real quick through the cast and crew. I think it'll go relatively quickly. This, as we said, is a is a remake. It is written by Richard Curtis. Who, yeah, not uh, directed by. I take that back. It was written by that guy. Yep. Written by, yes. Yep. He also um, did a TV movie back in 2020, Cinderella, a comic relief pantomime for Christmas. But um, he's got a, an illustrious career. He did, like we said, the Bernard and the Genie. He did, was he the writer for Love Actually? Love Actually. For... Writer for Love Actually, Four Weddings and a Funeral, About Time. Notting Hill. Notting, yeah, he's done a lot of British com- comedy the stuff. The two Bridget Jones's movies, the first two. He did Mama Mia, Here We Go. And he did episodes of Blackadder, Mr. Bean, and The Vicar of Dibley. So, like, this guy has some heft. He, did he makes us laugh out loud. He he literally I I listened we listened to our Mr. Bean episode around Christmas. And that's gotta be one of my favorite episodes we've done. We were just laughing the entire time. It was glorious. It is directed by I want to actually get all this stuff lined up first. It's directed by Sam Boyd, who has done some other directing, but nothing that I knew at all. So this was my first experience with him as a director. We have covered Melissa McCarthy before. She plays Flora, our Have we covered her? Surely we have. It's been almost eight years, man. 
I don't remember. Holy cow, is it possible covered. we haven't? We never did Gilmore Girls. I'm trying to think what else we would have covered her in. We haven't done Gilmore Girls? No. That's a miss. We are epic Are you sure failures. we haven't done Gilmore Girls? <laughs> I am positive we haven't done Gilmore Girls. Because you hate Gilmore Girls? Is it because you hate Gilmore no, Girls? No, no, no. Anthony, never, I, is it because I, you hate we, it? I, we, just Anthony, no. we just haven't done it. No. Anthony, if you don't hate it, though. Tell Anthony, me right now. Tell me right we now. Just, we, just haven't, we just haven't done it. Tell me right Gilmore now. Girls. Tell me now. Young man, do you like Gilmore Girls? <laughs> Gilmore Girls. Yes. Okay. Don't we do dodged a bullet. I have health insurance. <laughs> 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 okay, well then let's do uh we are all big fans of Melissa McCarthy, the cousin to Jenny McCarthy, and her first appearance was on the Jenny McCarthy show. She That's so in... weird. I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? That's so weird. I really you... didn't know that. Okay, so speaking of blowing people's minds, we went out to dinner last night with Ellie's godmother. And I had just told Christine earlier that um, Tyler James Williams was Chris on Everybody Hates Chris and is Mr. Eddie on Abbott Elementary. Mm-hmm. She didn't know that. And it blew wow. her mind. So so she told Ellie's godmother and she's like, wait, that's it. I see it. And she's like, I literally see Chris, Mr. Eddie's face merging into one in my <laughs> mind. But Ellie hated Abbott Elementary. She would not watch it. She got really cranky when we put it on until... She saw she that it was knew. Chris from Everybody Hates Chris. Sarah's not a fan of it either. It. Sarah's not really? a fan. She says she says fine. She doesn't find it like laugh out loud funny or anything. Oh, it literally makes me laugh. Oh, me too. No matter it's it's up there. It's quickly getting up there with the office for me. It comes back soon, a month from it now. does. I'm so excited. Well, we and Ellie's godmother is a um an administrator a school administrator and she was a teacher for years. And so everybody I've talked to who's in education, they all love it because it's a, it hits pretty close to home. Have y'all not to get on a TV tangent and listeners, we apologize, but uh, this might tell you what we think of this movie. Have y'all watched the, the night court uh, remake? I tried it. With what's her face? Bernadette? Bernadette. Because I yes. haven't watched it yet, but like it gets really good reviews. And I'm surprised because remake sequels like that usually don't. I mean, I hated Night Court. Did you? Because I loved it. Well, all I remember is it was looked really boring and none of those people were funny to me. But like it came out, it did not hit me in the prime of my childhood. Right? It wasn't for me when it came out. So I just didn't like my grandparents liked it. So I watched it as a kid. I, I mean, it had what Harry Anderson, John Laura Cat, yeah. uh, Bull, the Bull, big bald one. Yeah. Yeah. Bull. His, uh, did you know his first name in that? I learned when I was, when I went back to watch, when I started watching the uh, remake, uh, his real, his, well, it's Richard Mole, but his character's first name was Nostradamus. Oh, Aristotle really? Nostradamus. Wait, so is since you're you watch you liked the original Tom, what do you think of the remake? Because the reviews are all good. Not fan. I wasn't I only got a couple episodes in and I wasn't a big fan. But you know mm-hmm. what I where I was going with all of this was Richard Mole died last year mm-hmm. in October. So um yeah. that's the whole reason I watched the reboot. And I tried like two episodes and I just could not get into it. Mm. 
I'll say this for the remake, and I haven't seen it, so I can't, I don't know if it's good or not, but most comedies especially do take a little more than two episodes to find their footing. They do. Was that I true have... with the Frasier reboot? No, but that one just picked up, but that still had the main character. That was still sure. Frasier. I gave it a couple episodes. I didn't like it, so I gave up. <laughs> you didn't like Frasier reboot? Mm-mm. It was, oh man. you guys. I hate I'm... what they did with Freddy. I hate the retconning so much. I'm going to put the Christmas episode on our list this year. Sarah <laughs> so, loved it. Anyway. Back to our cast. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy, who you may remember. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I wasn't. The whole point oh, of Rob Nightcore is because season two hasn't premiered yet. Obviously, season, because of the strikes, no shows have come back yet. They're all coming back later. But they did air, I think they're officially calling it the start of season two, right before Christmas, like the 23rd, a, an hour-long Christmas episode special of the new Night Court. That was supposedly very good and heartwarming. That's why oh, I asked. Yeah. So. Oh, I love heartwarming. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I'm really surprised that we didn't link this movie with the with the absolutely illustrious career that Melissa McCarthy's had with movies like Tammy and Spy. But in all seriousness, she did. She has done really great stuff. She's had some. She's had some real. Flops. She has elevated a lot of crappy stuff with a great performance. She has. She was epic in Bridesmaids. I loved her. That's probably where I <laughs> first remember getting into her. But. She was in that movie, uh, Central Intelligence. I did not like Mike and Molly. I'll just be honest. Can I? I didn't either. Can I tell a quick story about Bridesmaids? Because it has to do with my grandmother, who she just, it was her two-year death anniversary, like, a few days ago. I would love so. to hear a grandma, an Anthony grandma memory. So she really wanted to see that movie when it came out. And I knew it was rated R, but me and my older cousin, Nicole, we were like, sure, we'll take you. So we go, and obviously that movie is way raunchier than the trailers made it seem. And you know, like, like the whole scene where they're they're planning like the bachelor party, and the woman from the Goldbergs is like, "I want balls in my face, balls!" I'm like, we're just sitting, sinking down in Where's our seats, grandma? and now grandma's laughing her off next to us <laughs> and like afterwards like i think she sees how mortified we are because she's like oh you two are such prudes i have six children i'm not a prude you know <laughs> so, she, would, she would definitely not be okay with just how much julie and i bask in our virginities <laughs> well no i remember i think it was the last, my last birthday she was alive for we went to go visit her. She was. She asked Sarah, "Oh, what did you get him for his birthday?" And before Sarah could answer, she was like, "Sex." Yeah. <laughs> oh, grandma! I can't wait to re- reach the age where like filters are completely irrelevant and gone. <laughs> she's. She has done some great stuff, like you said. She's elevated. She was. She had a role in. She did. She was the the life of the party in Bridesmaid. She was in This Is Forty, a movie that made Christine <laughs> cry both times she watched it. Uh, she was an identity thief. She was in Heat with Sandra Bullock. Was it called Heat? The Heat. The Heat. Yeah, I loved yep. that one. And she was in the Ghostbusters remake, mm-hmm. which gets a lot of flack, but I found that movie hilarious. I thought it was I funny. liked it too. She was in the Happy Time Murders. That yes, I I liked that one a lot. <laughs> and she took a very big risk and was Ursula in the live action Little Mermaid. And I would argue she was the best part of that movie. She blew me away. Yep. I still haven't seen it. 
I think that's she... the best live action one they've done, honestly. Really? I didn't love the whole thing. I didn't love the whole movie. I'd be curious to see what you think, Julia. But because, especially because I know you love the animated one. I don't love the animated one. So. Oh. Oh. The animated one is my favorite animated movie of all time. Yeah, I remember Ooh. you saying that. Whoa, That's why I'd be okay. curious. So those are big to... shoes to fill. Yeah, we so I'll be curious a... to see what you think. We should do a Patreon. Do a live watch. Mm. Oh, a live, live watch, watch for Patreon. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'm game. We need Patreon content. That's a good early year thing. <laughs> Bernard is played by. Do y'all know how to pronounce David Kremholtz? Nope. No. Ralph Bernard. Papa Esadu. Hopefully, sorry. I hope we did not butcher your name. He was. Uh, he if was you're listening and we did butcher your name, please come on and correct us. We'd love to have you on. Oh, absolutely. He was in the TV show The Lazarus Project, Gangs of London, Anne Boleyn miniseries. He Black was sadly in Men, which is the only A24 movie I don't like. Mm. Ooh. That one looked weird. Like, more weird than weird. And he has done a lot of Shakespeare. He does. He's a big stage actor. Playing Bernard's estranged wife, Julie, is Danae Benton, who is best known for being on the reality TV show Unreal. Uh, she played Eliza Hamilton in Hamilton on Broadway. Oh, wow. Nice. Starting in 2018, not part of the original cast, but no, she was not good enough to cast. get there. She was in the Gilded Age TV She series. was on a terrific true TV series called Unreal that me and Sarah really liked. Oh, I thought that was, was reality TV. TV. Yeah, so Thank what you is... for correcting me. Uh, it's not even true that? TV. It's Lifetime. It's a mm. piss take on reality TV. It's like about the behind the scenes stuff, like the manager, oh. like a bachelor type show and how they manipulate all the circumstances to get all this drama and no, they crap don't. like that. That's reality. It wouldn't be called reality TV if they did that, Anthony. Fake news. Fake news. Jordan McIntosh plays Eve, the daughter, and an amazing child actor and an adorable human being. Mm-hmm. I liked her a lot. A plus. This is two weeks in a row. I've loved the children actors. She was in Abbott Elementary for an episode. She was in the movie Emancipated. And a couple of other small things. But uh, she was she was good. Playing our hero, the boss, Flaxman, is Alan Cumming. Nothing would have happened had it not been for him. Uh, he played Bernard in the original Bernard in the Genie. He did. Oh, he did? Mm-hmm. He did. Oh, I love Alan Cumming. I do too. He's so good. He is and so what a good. voice. He's got such a great voice. For some <laughs> reason, I, I always <laughs> group him with Martin Short. They remind me of each other. He's better huh. though. He's not. <laughs> he did some uh, uh Rowan Atkinson movie, Blind Date, back in the day. He was in Cabaret Made for TV movie. Uh, a lot of the cool I'm sorry, he's Daniel. Boris from in Goldeneye. He is. He was I'm in Anthony's, He was in Anthony's favorite Tom Cruise movie, Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, Have we not covered him? He was in. He was in an episode of Sex in the City. I don't know. I feel like we have. He was in Nicholas Nicker, Nicholas Nickleby. I swear to goodness, we've covered him. Because why else would I have mentioned Boris? 
he did Son of the Mask, the crappy mask sequel. He did Spy Kids 2. He was <laughs> Nightcrawler in X-Men 2. Yeah, he, he was. was. Gutsy, the voice of Gutsy in the Smurfs. Oh, so maybe that's where he Oh, no, the movie. Obviously. The movie, not the show, yeah. He was uh, a recurring role in Anthony's favorite TV movie, TV show of all times, The Good Wife. I mean, I've never, I have nothing against that show. I, just, I don't know why that was like an insult. Like, that's it's not an good. insult. It's not an insult. It's just random, <laughs> random facts that aren't true. Did you like Smigadoon? Oh my gosh, have we never covered him? We haven't. Did you like Schmig Smigadoon, Anthony? I like the first season. Not the second. I, I like the first couple of episodes of the first season. That was the exact opposite. I liked it and it went downhill for me. More than anything, we'll talk about the character Lenny only because it's Mark Marin. Uh, Love I, Mark Marin. I don't know that we've ever talked about him either, y'all. We have not. I that love is, him too. That is sad. Oh, he seems like he'd be in a lot less Christmas content than Alan Cumming. Let's be real. He really does. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he was he was in uh, he had an uncredited role in Sharknado three. Oh hell no! <laughs> what? <laughs> he had an uncredited <laughs> role as the angry promoter in Sharknado three. Oh hell no! Which was also the credit he had as the angry promoter in Almost Famous. Ugh. Anyway, I love this guy <laughs> a lot. Love this, this guy. Love him. Uh, the for a plot synopsis, this is a fairy tale comedy about a workaholic man who enlists the help of a magical genie to win his family back before Christmas. Spoiler alert: This is not your Disney genie. No, no. All right, so the show opens up, and we've got our. Another situation, just like last week, we have another deadbeat dad. He loves his daughter so much, uh -huh. but his wife has left him, and he's in his apartment building him. Well, well, why has she left him? Yes, he's overworked. He's overstressed. He works so hard at this for for Which, a real jack and any. He's at like a. I would like to see a Christmas house? movie where the mom is overworked instead of the dad, because that's a trope at this point. The Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I don't think anybody would side with the dad if the dad left a hardworking mom because then, yeah, uh, his boss Laxman is the worst. Is the worst. He's supposed to go see his daughter on Christmas Eve. His boss comes to work as he's leaving and demands that he stop everything he's doing right then, and show this collection that he has to some potential buyers. Well, it's not just Christmas Eve; it's also her birthday. It's all oh, yes. oh it's her birthday, right? Was it Christmas Eve too? No. No, no, it was her birthday. birthday. It. it was her birthday. Close to Christmas, but. And so, yeah, you're right. Okay. So it's his daughter's birthday. He's supposed to be on his way to go see his daughter. He's got a really crappy present for her, a stuffed animal. That's like not a dad win for a daughter's mm -hmm. birthday. Mm -hmm. uh, um, especially this dad who makes this type of money. No offense. I know money isn't everything, yeah. but just a stuffed animal. Well, yeah, he's making some bank. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like and yeah, like he's taking, he's making the type of money like where you could. He's the type of guy who's like, I'm gonna take you to Disney World for your birthday type money. That's what the type of money. But he's riding around town on his little moped. Yeah. Well, that just seems like I mean, judicious to me. 
So Flaxman comes in, ruins everything. He says, hey, these people are interested in the new collection that we've acquired. I want you to show it to them now. And so he does, and he's late for his own daughter's birthday. Mm -hmm. And through texts, we see that he missed Thanksgiving for the same reason, and his wife is ticked. He shows up at his wife's because they're estranged. No, she leaves him now. I am. Nope. So he shows up home. That's right. He shows up home. His wife is ticked. He doesn't have the gift for his daughter. He pulls some rando weird thing that he's acquired to give to her for her birthday. And this was the final straw. As a parent, Julie, I'm sure you would agree, missing your kid's birthday for work? Inexcusable. Like, there's nothing that has you staying late at work on your kid's birthday. It's just, you don't do it. Yeah. Um. So his wife leaves him. And he's alone. And he's sad. His doorman is his doorman tries to be his friend, real nice guy. Lenny, Mark Aaron. Mark Aaron Lenny tries to be awkward, really wants to be friends with him. But he's hanging out of his home and he's got this weird box and uh, he goes to clean it off and out pops a Melissa McCarthy. Thank God all genie containment units are always dusty because nobody's going around rubbing lamps or boxes. It's always <laughs> dusty or smudged. She shows up and she is, we learn, she is supposed to be a, from from uh, 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 somewhere in the Nordic countries, a Viking. Mm-hmm. Her outfit is egregiously, offensively inaccurate for any historical period ever. Her awful eyeshadow that looks like it's the 1980s, not the 1180s that it's supposed to be, drove me nuts. Her hair was awful, and I hated her shoes. She's 2,000 years old, and her name is Flora. Yes. And she's been contained for about 2,000 years. Yes. Yes. And we learned that, unlike a lot of stories, Bernard doesn't just get three wishes. He gets unlimited wishes. Unlimited wishes. Which I like. I think the only other time I've seen that is I Dream of Genie. Maybe. Yeah, they're unlimited, right? Well, because kind of her whim and her doing whatever she wants. Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. I like that it was unlimited. For whatever reason, she's gonna prove herself and she's like, wish her something. He's like, okay, give me give me a camel. So she pulls him a camel out of thin air. Then he orders a pizza and it looks like the crappiest New York pizza I've ever seen in my life. But Jeannie, who's never had it, but magically speaks English perfectly, though she has no concept of anything around her. Uh, and, you know, she's only, what, 1,200 years before we develop our first concept of, I don't know, anyway. Yeah, they make some interesting choices, right? So my favorite thing about a lot of movies like this are the fish out of water aspects, right? And like acclimating mm-hmm. that fish out of water to modern times, which is usually pretty funny. Um there's just like a little bit of that that happens in conversation. And then it's like, she's up to speed sort of. And then we get like some elf type experiences in a mall later where she further acclimates, but it's like, they didn't, they didn't pick one and stick with it. So it felt half hearted to me. Right. Like she knew too much, but then she didn't know anything. And it's like, one of them has to be true. They can't both be true. And I think we lost a lot of humorous chances there because so far she's done funny stuff, but none of it's really been funny, which is super confusing. No, with Melissa mm-hmm. 
none of it has been fun funny at all yeah i wish they leaned more into the fish out war stuff like buddy the elf i could have done with like that um even if they did it in a montage like when buddy first arrives in new york that type of mm-hmm. thing well they have the scene where he's out walking around with her and he's like your clothes are weird mm-hmm. and shout out to nyack where half of this movie was filmed does stand in for new york city <laughs> oh why didn't they go someplace cooler like toronto that looks more like new york all i have to say is Am I sexy in Oklahoma? <laughs> so I was on a call today with our designer. I was meeting, you know, I was meeting him for the first time. And he's like, you know, I gotta be honest, the only thing I know about Tulsa I learned from friends. And I'm like, oh crap. That's all no offense. That's all I think that is the common pop culture, biggest pop culture Tulsa thing for a lot of people. <laughs> when I tell people my podcast co-host slash friends are from Tulsa, they're like, oh, like where Chandler went? Like yes, we're Chandler one. Yes, and then he died. That one. Well, way to bring it down. Then she sees <laughs> the construction workers' clothes, and that's what she wants to do. So she genies herself into construction attire, and she goes through another a whole like litany of bad outfits until she picks. She just copies the clothes of people she sees, and then she finally picks an outfit. And they're walking around, and. Well, she doesn't pick the outfit. He picks it for her because she keeps changing into ridiculous stuff and he eventually says, that one works. Yeah, which I think is pretty fabulous, honestly. I really liked yes. it. I, that was a funny scene, yes. After he'd missed his daughter's birthday and it broke up his family, he goes to work and his boss just unceremoniously, coldly fires him. You're fired. Just absolutely douchiest firing I could have imagined. Mm-hmm. Um just no loyalty whatsoever um but he's got this genie so he gets the ideas you know that he can do all the things to win his family back he does something very unique so people also start wondering who he is with why he's with this woman like when he shows up at his wife's friend's place where they're staying with some random lady in the middle of the night (laughs) i don't think they played that up enough like that's weird Right, like you're showing up. It is accepted very easily. It's very accepted very easily. What I do love is the way they get his family sold on it, where he brings his whole family together. And she says, look, you've got three wishes and he wants to share them with you. (laughs) Right, like the whole, because the whole family comes over for Christmas. And they're also very cavalier and just, oh, your wife and daughter aren't here. Okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh and he's got to make this whole dinner. So he has her create this big meal. Family sitting around. They're trying to figure out who this random. Because let's the thing I think we left out here is um, the the family. The this all revolves around a black family, and you've got this very loud, obviously white woman that does not fit into the equation. So I finally tell the family, look, she's a genie. Uh, we're going to give you some wishes. They get three wishes each, right? Well, yeah, it has to be three each because <laughs> they have to have more than one. Because they wish uh, the first one, one of his family members wishes another one to hell, and then yeah. has to wish it back, and it comes back singed and burning. <laughs> it's really uh, the only laugh laughable part in the movie. The grandma, the the grandpa gets wished back to his younger self, and it weirds grandma out, and she wishes him back to being old. <laughs> uh, what were the other wishes? Do y'all remember? Which that joke reminded me of. It's going to be so stupid. It reminded me of Shrek 2 when the wand accidentally turns Pinocchio into a real boy for like two seconds and the wand accidentally turns it back. He's like, oh. Yes. 
<laughs> uh, the guy wishes that his wife couldn't talk. And that's what prompts her to wish him to hell. <laughs> that was funny, though, y'all. <laughs> I mean, multiple of these were funny. Right. That was funny, though, when she's like sitting there and she can't talk. And, you know, like you just she her face was great at conveying yeah, he was unbridled rage. Yeah, he was going to get it. Well, and that whole scene is used by uh, Melissa McCarthy's character to kind of prove why people can't be trusted with wishing. Because she's, she's like, see, wrong. like people are terrible at this. Um, so I could be trusted Bernard, with wishing. Give me a genie. <laughs> Bernard uses um, his wishes to start making changes like in the right direction, right? We get the throwaway wishes where they go on a shopping spree. Um, and like other stuff that you would kind of intend, like that you would expect you would wish on. But then he started, starts making wishes to change his apartment to like what his wife has been wanting. The stupidish wish. He wishes away this framed football jersey that his wife hated and she replaces it with the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa. Right. Which leads to the stupidest thing. Because it ends up getting them arrested and threatened to be expedited to France. And it's like, come on. The Mona Lisa probably has 5,000 cameras on it at all times. Like, just check the camera. They clearly didn't freaking steal this thing. Right? So right. dumb. Well, and so it is interesting because, like, there haven't been many points up until this point where we see, like, the repercussions of the wishes outside of just the family experience, right? Where we saw them directly have repercussions to the stuff they were wishing for. But, like... The Mona Lisa is the first one. And so part of you is like, oh, this isn't like going to cause a ripple effect because I don't know, because we haven't been led to believe that it's going to do that up until that point. Right. Yeah. Like it gets it, sense. Well, but it's, it's that other thing where the movie's non-committal mm -hmm. entirely. And so like, they didn't, they didn't pick a stance and stand on it. So it's benign no. enough to where we think it's not going to be a thing, but then it becomes like the source of our major separation between Bernard and the genie, which is a problem because she's got to be there to hear his wish to do the thing. Right. And I'm like, but it's, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it either. Not great for a movie. No. Uh, that did remind me of Aladdin, where the genie could just wish him free of the ropes when Jafar tried to drown him. He was like, you gotta say something, Al. You yeah. gotta... But again, Aladdin did better. I did not, I'm with yeah. you, Julia, like, I didn't believe it here. Yeah. It felt like, okay, so this movie's like an hour and a half runtime, um, and it felt a yep. lot longer than that. A and it felt lot like they spent, longer. It felt like they spent a whole lot of time doing the frivolous wishing versus the this man is devastated by the loss of his wife and daughter in his life yep. and therefore needs to fix it. And I'm like, you're again, <laughs> like pick one and let's focus on it. And they didn't do that. And um, it took a really long time to get to the, how do I get my family back? Even though he's insistent that family is the most important thing to him, but he's also at the same time, not like a D bag, right? Like he's not like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to buy a no, Ferrari. I want a Ferrari and give me like all the money in the world. And again, he doesn't do that. It's just. No, he actually so makes some benign. wishes to like help homeless children or homeless people right. and needy mm -hmm. children and everything. Right. 
so this movie isn't very Christmassy, but I do really like the parts that are Christmassy, um, where he wishes for everybody that's asking Santa for something for Christmas would just get it. Like all the kids would get the presents they're asking for and the billboards right. in Times Square. I liked that too, but that's but this, about all the Christmas you really get. That's and it. it is inconsequential to the, this easily could have yeah. taken place at any other time of year. Christmas, Christmas sure. was not needed in any way, shape, or form. Uh-uh. There is a subplot throughout this film that I really liked, and that's um, Lenny and Flora's little flirtation going back and forth for the, her mm-hmm. flirtations with Mark Maron's doorman. I love that. Um, and that'll come into play later. But, uh, you know, this all gets to a point where Bernard kind of realizes, right, that Flora's really sad and lonely as a genie. Mm-hmm. And that her wishing isn't really going to be what changes things ultimately for him. Right. What's he do? So he wishes her free. He gives her her freedom. He does. Uh, which ironically entitles him to three more wishes. Right. I didn't hate that. I actually liked that. I liked that they circled around to a common trope and like addressed it in the way that they chose to address it. Right. Because hmm. his first question. And the thing is, is it only three wishes? And she's like, no, it's unlimited. Um, but when he he gives her a present for Christmas, um, he gets her this amazing Tom Cruise sweatshirt because she's obsessed with Tom Cruise at this point. Um, and he gets her a card that says, basically, I wish you free. And she was she's touched by it. I teared up in this moment. I thought it was really sweet. Um, I like their relationship in it. I think it's really sweet. Um, I just thought I would think it was funnier, too. It's just not. Um, and she tells him actually the way it works is when you free a genie as like a parting gift, you get three bonus wishes that you can spend how you want. And she does assist him in the spending and picking, of his wishes. And making good choices because she's right. seen so many people squander them. That's right. I don't understand the numbers. What, what do you mean the numbers? numbers? She wrote down numbers. She's like, maybe this will help oh. her out. What what were I still don't understand what the numbers were. Oh, and she does make a make a mention at the beginning of the movie. Um, he asks, he's like, I mean, I can't, I can't wish to go back in time. And she's basically like, mm, you know, it really doesn't work that way. But she tells him, she's like, actually, um, we can do that. We just typically don't offer it as an option because people mess it up. So he knows now that there is a, a potential to do a bit of time traveling with his three remaining wishes. So she gives him this piece of paper and she's like, here, this might help you decide how best to spend your three wishes. And it's a series of numbers and it's not a phone number. Is it a date? Because he goes back in time. Is it a date? It was a whole bunch of numbers. And it happened so fast, like I couldn't even, plus I was fresh off a migraine, so like nothing was really clear, but. I'm going mean, to assume she wrote out the date that his daughter's birthday. Started. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where he go. He wishes to go back in time to that day. Yeah. So he can make start. her birthday party. He quits his job and his wife never leaves him. That's right. So yeah, it has to be a date. So here's the pro- here's the conundrum we run into. He goes back, fixes that, but then he wouldn't have released the genie. 
So is she still back in the box? No, this is where you get into the whole, uh, um, you know, the ancient one as a timeline. So this is where the, the first yeah, diverges. Yeah. And that's how I think it, it probably is, too. It's just like Harry Potter, right? How did Harry go back in time and see himself? Don't love it. And, yeah. <laughs> Don't love it. Expect. <laughs> I'm waiting for my own Patronus. <laughs> Hold on, guys. Dad, it's coming. My dad will come, Hermione. I saw him last time. My dad. I know it's him. No, Harry, you're dying. Oh, crap. I got to save myself. <laughs> I didn't mind the going back in the past. No, I didn't either. I thought that was a... I don't think showing up for the one birthday would have solved all their problems, but it was a start, I guess. I don't know. Like, the thing is, though, that he prioritized his family over his job. He, it's not that he just showed up and said he quit. Right. right. Oh, yes. Wife, okay, good point. Because he quit. To his wife, he was a okay. workaholic. And he's like, wait something changed in him because he comes home and he, he quit his job right um, being, he yeah. comes home he gets her the dollhouse it's what she asked for therefore he's listening and paying attention he picks up flowers for his wife and she's definitely felt neglected because of the job so that's good uh quits right. his job takes him to like the fanciest restaurant in town and here's where he which was his second wish his the other restaurant, two wishes the dinner. that's right yes it was and it looked like Roosevelt's here in Tulsa, which I'm sure there's restaurants all over that do it. But this is also where I do appreciate it was Christmas time. They probably could have sold it decorated like this outside of Christmas. But it's one of those restaurants where there's just like garland and lights everywhere. It's beautiful in there. And yeah, he spent one to get into this impossible to get into restaurant. And I like how he spends these last two. Um, all he says is, I wish you would. You know, she's like, we don't have any availability. And he's like, I wish you did. And then all of a sudden they can get in. And then when they're ordering food, um, the wife gets like steak tartare and he gets something. And the little girl is like, I'd really love a peanut butter sandwich and like strawberry ice cream or a milkshake or something. And the guy's like, yeah, we don't serve that. <laughs> and Bernard's like, I wish you did. And that's how and he spent his last wish one. Three, mm -hmm. Which shows too how much he loves his daughter because he spent his right. last wish on his daughter exactly. and then we cut forward three months later and i love this bernard is going to pick up pizza for the family and lenny is now running bernard's favorite pizza place and who's making the pies but flora in the back That's right. so their romantic relationship turned into something and surely she remembers him right well she has to remember him i would assume so that's why she says what does she say your wish is my command or something he seems like he remembers her he has to he has to remember her right mm -hmm. i would I mean, if he's making so. wishes after he's wished for her freedom he remembers the concept of wishes so he remembers but the other people don't remember that he altered the timeline okay no i'm following I think, you but he does and that's why they're like you know like i know you you know me what's happening you know yeah which i thought was sweet okay. and i loved it i'm buying it so i'm, I'm buying what you're saying you're smelling what I'm stepping in. <laughs> um, I like my metaphor better. <laughs> spoken wow. like my one of my dearest friends who grew up on a cattle ranch here in Oklahoma. I'm smelling what you're stepping in. So the movie is sweet. It's not funny. No, no. not at all. Except and for that one fantasy, scene. But it's not like fantasy kind of. enough. Not enough. And I just it's. 
it's it like was, lukewarm. It was totally it all over the place. Yeah. They didn't know what it wanted to be. A yeah. comedy or a serious family drama. Right. Yep. And I feel like, and I, I, I love Melissa McCarthy, but I feel for this tone, this tonally inconsistent movie, mm-hmm. they didn't need somebody as comedically talented as her in the mm-hmm. role. No, they didn't. Like, if they had leaned more into the comedy, yeah, absolutely. You can't mm-hmm. beat her, obviously. But this more lukewarm type, not really funny, kind of dramatic movie, like, you could have got a different actress, I think. Not that I would have made it better, but I, I just feel like she was not the right fit for this script, version of the script. A yeah. waste. She needed to be bigger. Like the genie should have been, and that's usually what happens. The genie is a much bigger presence in a movie where you have a genie and it's a mist. It's we talked to, it's how Anthony felt about the movie last week that it wasn't the talent. It was something so much more. Did it have a Linus moment? We already said it wasn't Christmas. I don't know that it had a Linus moment so much as it had a man up moment. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I fully agree with that. Yeah, he was a I pushover like and just bullied by his boss. And he's like, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to take life by the horns. Um, yeah. 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 I think I'm going to give this a broken antler and two droppings. Two droppings? <laughs> it was, yeah, I didn't like it. It got, it got two reindeer droppings. Wow. I'm going to give this out of the traditional three wishes of Jeannie Grimm's. Yes, I'm going to give it 1.5 wishes. Hmm. Oh, I wouldn't even go to full one, dude. <laughs> this is like a Christmas this is like a Christmas tree with three bulbs working it's not that bad I know I just hate her <laughs> I hate how we changed her review and I don't know how to review the movies anymore <laughs> that's all Julia hey you don't have to rate it like this you can rate it with numbers like you did old school I never said y'all had to come with me on this journey <laughs> she staged the coup I just said, I wasn't doing it anymore. (laughs) You do you. It's not a dictatorship. Um, I don't know. This is really difficult to rank. Because, like, I liked it. I didn't hate it. It was very mild. It was like the baby Jesus. It was tender and mild. This gets a tender and mild baby Jesus for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to revisit last week. Wait, we have a comment about this movie before we go to last week. Oh, we do. I saw that. You do that one, and then I've got comments from last week. So our good friend Matt Yurick of TGI Podcast literally commented live as we were recording. I think I liked this one more than most. It largely had to do with Melissa McCarthy being absolutely charming in this role. She was essentially a Buddy the Elf-like character, but it was pretty solid overall. So Matt, I'm very curious to see what you thought of our criticism of this movie and how she didn't lean into that buddy the elf type trope enough i do agree that she was charming she's always charming mm-hmm. she is but she should have been more buddy the, i think that's it she should have been more buddy the elf mm-hmm. you didn't like noel but noel pulled the like fish out of water off way better and that's what we needed more of uh so let's go back to last week I posted and said, all right, y'all settle a debate and tell Anthony Caruso just how wrong he is. Brendan Lowe chimed in. Brendan Lowe of Real Fans from Real Movies podcast and Holy Backcast. Great guy. Anthony, do you mind reading what he had to say? 
because I think it would sound better coming from you. Sure, I'll read the attacks of myself. So we got a few comments. Brendan Lau of Real Fans of Real Movies and Holy Batcast wrote, I'm still blown away by how wrong he, as an Anthony, was about the Naughty Nine. I stand by that, Brendan. I love you, man, but I stand by that. <clears throat> Matt Spaulding of North Pole Radio, Santa Claus himself, said, I can't tell Anthony he's wrong. I have a lot of thoughts on this one. I can come on and share them if you want, LOL. He was wrong on Naughty Nine, but not this one. Thank you, Matt. I knew I liked you. Half liked you. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Beach, Disco54, wrote, My man Anthony is having a struggle at the moment. I have nothing but love for him. He's probably wrong, but that's him. You have to take him as he is. Oh Disco, I'm always struggling. Love you, man, but I'm not wrong on this one or the Naughty Nine. <laughs> Michelle Williams, Kidwell, who I love Michelle. We have to get her on I the show. Michelle. It's been a while since she's been on. Mm-hmm. She wrote, settle the debate, tell him he's wrong, and then four crying laughing faces. Alonzo Duraldi wrote, this is terrible, and a Hallmark movie, Catch Me a Few Claws, pulled off a nearly identical identical plot far more successfully. Thank you, Alonzo. I agree. I'm in agreement. <laughs> and then Brian Entz wrote, I'm with Anthony. I loathed this movie. The plot made zero sense to me. I give it an empty stocking. That's my point system. Winky face. Who is this? Brian Entz. Oh gosh. Loathed it. So lots of feelings all over the place on dashing through the snow. Mm-hmm. But everyone seems to be in agreement that I was wrong about the naughty nine, which just proves that I'm smarter than all of y'all. Sorry. Love you guys. <laughs> if you want to tell me how wrong I am with that opinion. Or how wrong we all were about Genie tonight. Or if we hit the nail on the head, where can they do that, guys? Linktree.com slash tis the podcast. And that'll get you anywhere you need to go, which includes our Facebook group, which is very active in the Christmas season. But guess what? Also active the rest of the year. Um, that's where you can tell us how right or wrong we are. Um, it also gets you to Patreon, which if you're interested in non-Christmas content or extended Christmas content, um, we've got that in our library. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, um, supporting us in running of the podcast, um, you can get access to our whole vault. Different levels of giving get you different perks, uh, all the way up to pick a movie and come host it with us on the podcast. So take a look if that's interesting to you. Um, Anthony does a lot of hard work to get some really great content up on Patreon. So you will not be disappointed if that's a step you want to take. Um, if you don't, we are obviously here every week for free. In your feed. Well, I was, I was going to content. say as well for Patreon, I like the idea of doing Little Mermaid Live Watch with Julia since it's her favorite anime of films. I'd love to see her react in real time to the live action one uh, with me and Tom. And uh, I know at some point... I love that idea. Yeah, so let's do that after her Disney anniversary trip. Oh, there we go. And also on Patreon, we have a little mini series called Tis of Ruin podcast where I walk through Julia through horror movies she's never seen before has no intention of watching and she tries to get the plot and the twists as we go along uh so check that out because there'll be more of that this year as well mm-hmm. what are we covering next week I know Julia's really excited for it I get to host next week we are covering the recently released the holdovers with Paul Giamatti Okay, I haven't watched this yet, but I'm really excited. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a friend of mine. 
a good buddy of mine rated ranked that as his fifth favorite movie all year. He's a uh, movie critic at I can't unsee that movie.com. We should get him on sometime. He's also the president of the Oklahoma film critics. It is actually my second favorite movie of last year after Oppenheimer. And I think if any movie has a chance of pulling off an upset during Oscar season against Oppenheimer. Really? This one. So uh, okay. I think you and Jeff should definitely talk because he gave Oppen Oppenheimer game number six for him for the year. Oh, but so he had them right next to each other, just like I do. I just have them higher. Okay, interesting. Uh, the week after that, I know Tom's going to love it. We're covering Journey to Bethlehem. And then the week after that, we're traveling to the 80s, 90s. But somehow it's an animated movie that was released this year. It's called Urkel Saves Santa, the movie. It's awful. It wasn't that bad. I haven't seen it, but it's awful. <laughs> so lots of new stuff. We're still disco who says we bury all the good content at the end of the year. We're still covering lots of new stuff. So put that put a smile on that face of yours. And, you know, get excited because there's only 8,440 eight hours until christmas that's 352 days y'all that's 50 weeks so do your homework y'all watch the holdovers and we shall talk to you next week bye bye it's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer it's the most wonderful time of the year It's the half happiest season of all With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings When friends come to call It's the half happiest season of all For hosting marshmallows, for toasting and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing, and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near It's the most wonderful time, yes the most wonderful